0: Investors' interest is predicted to increase from 25% this year to 43% next year and productivity software will go from 28% this year to 48% or almost half of the investors next year. So these are kind of the hot topics where uh, more investors are uh, looking for next year, given the new environment that we live in. Um, Healthcare, business productivity and fintech startups have dominated the unicorn class of 2020. As an exponential rise in demand for services in these sectors during the pandemic has changed VC investing trends. Uh, FinTech and business productivity software startups account for more than a third of this year's unicorn total. And according to PitchBook, since January, over 70 companies in the US have reached valuation of 1 billion or more, while a total of 79 were minted in all of 2019. Um, So there are some interesting shifts in industries um, focused notably, uh, again, mental health, logistics, and productivity software. And uh, over the past decade, the private equity industry has made an aggressive push into late stage deals that were once solely carried out by venture capital firms. This underscores the PE industry's insatiable appetite for tech and private equity's annual investment in US venture capital deals grew more than sixfold from 2010 to 2019 and the average value of these transactions has only gone up this year. According to PitchBook, as, of, as the, the end of April, which was beginning of the pandemic, PE firms have participated in over 800 US VC transactions worth a combined 50 plus billion, making 2020 a record year already. Uh, the average size of those valuation, uh, those venture rounds was uh, 60 million, also an all-time high. And because of the abundant capital, VC-backed companies have been staying private longer before conducting an IPO or finding another exit path. Uh, this has led to an overall increase in the number of companies seeking to raise late stage funding deals can um, deals that can be closely resembled growth stage financing uh, with many PE firms are already more familiar. So the second half of this year has now shifted us to more uh, exits via IPO, SPAC, and return of MA. And we will see how these trends continue into 2021. So, um as you see by the numbers and i kind of went through this very quickly but you'll have a recording and the slides to look at it in more detail after uh, you see by the numbers that the long-term trend hasn't changed much of the capital and talent is still centered around silicon valley and depending on your company and, and when travel returns to normal you will likely maximize the same uh, in the same place um, you know that we've done this since the 1950s so that said it is increasingly easy to create great tech companies in other parts of the world uh, there's just one Mount Olympus. And as far as how you go about doing that, uh, I wrote an article a couple of years ago that became quite popular. And uh, the link is on your screen, golem.net slash foreign founder. And with that, I will hand the microphone over to Louis to tell you about the strategy and tactics you have to go through to get ready for the eventual move.
1: Hey, thanks Vitaly. And we're going to go from 30,000 feet uh, up in the air down to uh, down to the ground. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I want to respond a little bit to some of those uh, uh, statistics that I saw. Um, I have never seen a time where more people have not been more empowered to, uh, and and the context didn't didn't require you know uh, just a complete rethinking of business models. And I think uh, we've engaged at L two Council with. Thirty new startups since the pandemic started, and, and uh, I think that's a record for me in terms of uh, engagement with new with new startups. Uh, Vitaly. is as a uh, so I think that while there might have been a dip in financings, I think uh, another statistic that you know we we law firm lawyers uh, track are the number of new formations that we do. Is obviously that's the pipeline for for uh, that's the canary in the coal mine for. Three, six, and nine months out. So while we may have seen some dip in deals, I I think um, we've seen some amazing new companies uh, uh, get formed and get born. Um, So to all of you out there, uh, you know, throughout the world who are tuning in with us, thanks for joining. And I'm on slide 26, Vitaly, which is uh, setting up in the U.S. And you might think, you know, how is it that I uh, come into the U.S. and what are my choices and what are the models that have worked? And and I think that. Um, you know the, the government of, of Israel, the government of France and several of other countries have, have really tried to adopt a model where you create a. US holding company, you, you move your CEO and, and maybe a, another co-founder here to the US. Uh, to uh, run your new U.S. holding company. Uh, you place that U.S. holding company at the top of your structure. That company raises money, it, it uh, attracts new customers, and it tries to build the sales and marketing function, but it keeps uh, the research and development back in the home country, uh, keeps jobs in the home country, uh, and, and uh, succeeds in being a, using Silicon Valley as a beachhead to, to bring their technology to the global stage. Um, so I think that's a really tried and true, uh, tested method. Uh, but you know that those are not your only choices. You can go direct. You can set up a branch. You can you can set up a subsidiary rather than a parent. Uh, and obviously, you can accomplish uh, the flip. Um, flipping to the next slide, uh, slide uh, 27, Vitaly. If you're if you're driving it, you know some some of the, these questions are are driven around are you going to try and access uh, U.S. venture capital? I think historically, uh, the, the thought was that U.S. venture firms would not be willing to invest in a company that remained uh, organized uh, and governed by the law of another country. Indeed, uh, venture firms wouldn't even finance companies uh, organized uh, under a different state than Delaware, or in some small cases, California, Uh, very particular that it must be a Delaware company. I I think that's um, really evolved and changed over the last... Uh, 10 years, of as we've seen the, the, the Silicon Valley phenomenon go global, and we see a lot of uh, US venture firms uh, setting up, uh, you know, mini funds in, in Asia to attack uh, and take advantage of the technologies being developed in certain sub markets. Uh, we've seen that in Europe as well. Um, uh, but what, what I always say is, are, you know, are you really ready uh, for venture capital? Um, uh, and that's a, that's a big question, unless you've got a uh, million dollars a month of recurring revenues, uh, you know, I would say that, you know, you ought to focus on uh, building your product, uh, and going after your local sources of venture capital, whatever they might be, uh, government, regional, uh, large company, corporate, and obviously, uh, banking and venture, uh, sources of capital in, in, in your country, um. Uh, I wanted to spend a word on slide 28 about setting up a a US subsidiary. This is a a very simple process in the state of Delaware and frankly in any state of the United States. Um, We can do it in in a matter of hours. Uh, We don't have any capital requirements. Uh, We don't have any residency uh, requirements. Uh, And so, uh, while uh, uh, there's been uh, much scandal about the Panama Papers and and uh, you know special offshore uh, jurisdictions all over the world, in fact, uh, it's no easier place than Delaware to (laughs) to set up uh, and uh, without uh, making a lot of uh, footprint. Um, So here, these uh, on this slide are are some of the things that that uh, that it entails. And again, it's real real simple. If you wanna set up a new US parent, uh, sometimes uh, that can be done also very quickly in what we call a flip transaction where you drop down a new subsidiary and then you have that new subsidiary uh, offer to exchange its shares uh, with the shareholders of the home country, uh, issuing those shares, uh, those new Delaware shares to uh, the shareholders in the home country and and the home country shareholders get the Delaware shares. Uh, And then you offer new Delaware shares to uh, your angel and venture and other investors uh, here in the U.S. Um, typically, you would you would keep all of your uh, activities in your home country, other than your CEO and maybe some senior sales staff that you would move to the US to help uh, go after customers. Um, so that's kind of the typical model of a, of a flip. Um, moving to slide uh, 30, um, you know, there are some special uh, issues uh, for flips from, from each of the, the world's major jurisdictions, you know, Western Europe, Israel, Australia, Canada, where we see a lot of them uh, and, and where, we, uh, where we execute on the flip. Um, going to slide 31 here, I'm, I've tried to give you a little visual of, of um, how this works. Uh, and moving to slide 32, um, the various intercompany agreements that you would we would also put in place uh, between the, the home country and the U.S. office or the U.S. sub uh, to uh, make sure that uh, you're complying with uh, tax transfer rules uh, and that you're able to recognize revenue uh, for what you're doing. Um, finally, in, in, uh, in slide 33, Um, you'll see uh, a different model where uh, you're using the uh, U.S. as a distributor. Um, In uh, in slide 34, uh, we have a different model where the U.S. licenses IP from the home country parent. Uh, So that's another model that we do often with uh, IP-driven companies, uh, life science companies, where there's an IP license from a university in a a foreign country. Um, uh, Slide 35, Vitaly, is showing... Uh, how we uh, um, accomplish where the U.S. buys the IP from the home country parent. And and there we do a swap of of IP in exchange for shares. So um, the the, the, uh, short story is that there are many different types of, uh, of ways that you can attack the U.S. market and uh, in many ways that we can solve the, the specific issues that come from the jurisdiction where you're you're starting from. Um, I'm moving to slide 37, if we could, uh, Vitaly, and I'm, I'm trying to go quickly here, uh, but tell me uh, if my pace is too slow or too fast. Um, but but you know, one of the other things that we want to tell uh, our audience today is what are the different types of entities that we use uh, to to create startups here in the US, and and why does it matter? And you'll you'll hear in the jargon uh, that um, a Delaware C corporation is probably the way to go if you intend on raising money uh, from US investors. And uh, a C corporation, uh, if you saw it drawn on on a page, is a box. Uh, it's a square box and it what it does is it encapsulates the liability of, 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 of doing business uh, in into a limited uh, fashion so that no individual has personal liability. Uh, and it is an, it is a person for U.S. tax purposes, and so it's taxed uh, at at itself. And then when it distributes out money to the shareholders, the shareholders are then taxed a second time. So it's while it's an inefficient uh, vehicle for tax purposes, it's important to use a Delaware C corporation when you're raising money because your investors are not going to want to receive uh, a tax return every year, whereby they would have to declare the phantom income or the phantom loss as. You Burn money in the in the early years on their own tax returns. They want to see that the the C corporation blocks all the tax uh, responsibilities at the C corporation level. Um, so that's that's why that's uh, the, the, the the most frequently used vehicle for, for raising money and for venture backed startups. Uh, An S corporation is a, a a variety of the C corporation, except that uh, it does not block for tax purposes. Uh, same with an LLC, a limited liability company, it does not black, but block for tax purposes, it is a pass-through entity. Uh, and it would issue uh, what's called a K-1 to its holders and then the, the those holders would have to declare the income or loss that is written on page one of that K-1. Um, an S corporation is typically used for family-owned businesses, it can only be used uh, in a single state. Uh, so it, it is usually a uh, a very bad vehicle for doing any kind of venture capital fundraising. We see a lot of LLCs in the U.S. Uh, U.S. businesses will start out as an LLC uh, because the founders will want to take the benefit of the tax losses and offset those losses against other gains um, or because they want to uh, burn off the the loss against the income of a spouse or or somebody else in their, some of the revenue stream that they have. Uh, and, and so uh, an LLC is, is often um, a preferred vehicle of, uh, at the startup stage, and then you would flip into a C corp as and when you were ready uh, to raise uh, capital. Um, so those are little a uh, few few things about you know the types of entities. Um, I think I've told you why uh, C-Corp, I haven't told you why Delaware and that's slide 39 uh, Vitaly. and we say Delaware because it is uh, not just because it's the state where our new uh, president-elect is from but it's because it's the state that uh, over the last hundred years has uh, developed a legislation designed to attract and uh, help businesses run and it has a judiciary that is intent on, on retaining Delaware status as the number one destination for doing business So, they're very sophisticated, pro business, uh, uh, predictable uh, judges who don't play politics uh, and who really try and ensure that uh, Delaware remains. Uh, the destination of choice uh, for companies. Um, Now California corporations code if you're you're actually uh, setting up your your headquarters here in the Silicon Valley will will still apply to that Delaware entity in what we call the long arm statute and so well beyond the scope of this call to get into those details uh, uh, the long arm of of, uh, the political animal of California is not to be ignored. uh, a few other notes uh, that I wanted to 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 give before we dive into the content. There was a question: of what, yeah. what about Nevada? You know, Nevada is uh, an up and coming competitor to Delaware yeah. as as one of those states where it uh, is friendly to do business, uh, but it also has a um, uh, it does not have the same. Uh, long history of, of legislation and it does not have the same judiciary in terms of sophistication and, and predictability. And so I, I would say that while it's a perfectly fine business to, uh, a jurisdiction to do business in, it uh, it is not as uh, attractive, particularly to venture firms, as is Delaware. But thank you for the question, Eugene. Um, uh, I'm on slide 41, and and you know the the uh, the other big issues that uh, companies have when they try and come to the U.S. In addition to fundraising, is how do you get a visa, and and how do you remain employed, and what are the terms of employment? And uh, in the United States, uh, we view employment as uh, at the baseline as something that is at will, um, and so as long as you have immigration status, uh, you can be employed in 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 any. Um, uh, capacity and, and uh, on